0: Hey team, welcome to episode 55 of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. So in this episode, we have a special treat. Today, we have a special guest, master speaker, trainer, and coach, Catherine Attell-Belt is joining us. She founded Lion Speak, which is a communication coaching company that's dedicated to teaching um, the most amazing, unscripted, like authentic communication And leadership. Her team of experienced coaches provides customized coaching programs, a lot of dental practices, veterinarian, healthcare, and corporate teams worldwide. She helped both Charles and I from a speaking perspective, and we've had the pleasure of knowing her and working with her and being her student. And we are just so excited to have you here with us. How are you?
1: I'm so good, and I'm excited to be with you guys. You definitely top the list of favorites. Oh, you're so sweet. And I love working with the whole group at Kane Waters. So thanks for having me. This is a treat for me too. Yeah, no
0: problem. And so I want to start with talking about first, before we get going, you have a principle called the lioness principle. Explain that because that's kind of the foundation of everything that you do at your
1: group, right? It is. It is. The lioness principle kind of found me. I was watching a Discovery Channel program and we were getting ready to do a workshop for trainers. And I was looking for a kind of a story to be the container for that program. And, and I sat down to watch this show about how how a lioness teaches her cubs to hunt. And in the show, the scientists had discovered that a lioness takes her cubs through about seven predictable stages to move them from independence with her to independence from her with the one skill they need to survive, which is to hunt. And so we use those seven stages in our leadership and in our train the trainer programs. But where the principle came from was underneath all of that, it turns out that the cubs were born with the instinct to hunt. And that, you know, even though she takes them through the stages, what she's actually doing is recognizing that they have this intuitive wisdom, this hardwired instinct, and she is tapping into it and teasing it out of them and creating an environment where she can help them master it. And as it works... That's the same for all mammals. It turns out that all mammals, including the human mammal, we are born with the instincts that we need to thrive. And some of the things we need to thrive is community, connection, collaboration, and leadership. We have to know who to follow to survive. And we have to be able to lead to help our community survive, whether our community is our family or our work teams or our coworkers, or whatever, our clients. So we're hardwired through the millennia. It's in our DNA to recognize good leadership, to strive to speak like a leader. We are hardwired for connection. We have an intuitive gauge for when we're connecting well and when we're not. We know it. We know it instantly when we have a great connection, when we don't. And so our job at Lion Speak, whether we're training speakers like you or whether we're training leaders or whether we're training teams or even helping them to communicate with their patients, whatever our level of engagement, our first job, any trainer from Lightspeak will tell you their first job is to help the people we're coaching remember that they already have the ruby slippers on, that we're not there to give them the tools they need, that they actually brought it to the table. We just sometimes they've forgotten And our job is to remind them that they have all the tools already and that our job is to create an environment just like the lioness where, you know, we help walk you through the stages, but we're not giving you the underpinnings of what you need. You already have.
0: I love that because, well, a couple of things. If you listen to our podcast, you've heard communication like a million times. The underpinning of NDP is also that, like, we hope to empower you by giving you the education and the data to do what you know you want to do, right? So it's 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 empowering our client and our our potential clients to own via giving them what they need to be successful, which is really what you're doing. Because I, I mean, I can speak as being your student. It's hard work to 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 step out of your comfort zone. And and to to take those pieces, but man, you feel so confident and wonderful when you've done that. So thank you for coming and joining us. I am so excited to have you. You've been on our list since we created our first outline of like wanting to kind of bring you on. We get so many questions just about transitions and you know, have the conversation with the staff and patients and how do I get people to kind of take my leadership instead of the senior doctor. So I have some questions I'm just gonna ask you. But before we get there, as I record from my closet, how have you guys Handled this COVID and this transition, and I know you used to travel just like Charles used to be a road warrior. How you, have you guys transitioned to webinars and virtual world?
1: Yeah, really well, um, though not without some pain points, um, like <laughs> everybody else. You know, I don't think I've been on a plane since February, and um, life changed. You know, in that moment, life changed oh. in March, and and so it's had some amazing gifts and my team has been spectacular. I went into a little mode of hibernation at the first part of the late spring and early summer just to kind of reset. And so that was good. That turned out to have been a good decision. I didn't make any knee jerk reactions, you know, and or have any panics. We kind of stayed in neutral for a little while, which turned out to be A great uh, decision. Once we made the decisions and felt good about them and got the technology or whatever we needed to upgrade, then we just hit pedal to the metal. And oh my gosh, we are busier than I think we probably will have the busiest November and December we've ever had. And that isn't that bizarre. It's just still a, a Amazing to me. And I feel blessed. Uh, I know that's not the case for everyone. So I feel really blessed. But I think one of the reasons we're busy is because we recognized that during COVID, you know, communication, especially well grounded, you know, the ability to have what we call courageous conversations where you need to have them and to be able to speak from a strong, certain, confident mindset was always important. It was always important before COVID. And people who were struggling somewhat with that before COVID, COVID ripped the Band-Aid off. And anybody who hadn't learned those skills or strengthened that muscle pre-COVID found it aching and really an open gap when COVID hit. Because, you know, all of those conversations were exacerbated by the stress, by the worry, by the panic So that's been part of, you know, I think why we're busy is because there's been a heightened recognition that these skills are essential. They're essential to the bottom line. They're not just they are soft skills, but they're not so soft that they don't make a difference immediately in your results. And that's what we love about it is that we're not messing around with it. We want to make it easy for people to do, to learn and to master And we want it to make a difference fast. And we've seen it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's so linked to leadership too. I mean, it's just like if you're a strong leader, then your team is going to kind of feel confident and feel calm and be able to kind of then put that forward to patients, staff, whomever that might be that's underneath those levels. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys have transitioned well. And same here. Kind of it's been just kind of a roller coaster. There was a moment there where we were all kind of like, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but happy to kind of be kind of where we've landed. Well, I want to get going so we don't run out of time with you today. So first I'm going to tackle some of the common buyer seller questions we get. I mean, it seems like there's just this common theme that we get, no matter what type of transition, there's some form of this coming from one party or the other. That first question is, How do I handle that first conversation with staff knowing that there will be mixed emotions and some may not be so happy that the seller is retiring? And I feel like there's always... If it's not like there's always at least one person that someone's worried about, if not the entirety, because they don't really know them and haven't been introduced yet.
1: Sure. Yeah. Humans don't react well to change uh, on the whole. There's certainly some exceptions, but they don't. And so we anticipate that we've had experience with that in our lives. And so we already are anticipating it. And therein lies the first step. First step we would recommend is not to worry about what you're going to say, not even to worry about the meeting, not to worry about anything other than your emotional state of mind because we teach something called courageous conversations day in and day out. I'm writing a book on it right now. We're producing a video product on it, but it's two parts. The second part is a framework. And I'll I'll just mention right here that everything we do at LionSpeak, you know, we're a communications coaching company. So we like to say we coach in three different sectors. One sector is patient facing or client facing communications. So things like telephone skills and financial conversations with patients and things like that. The second lane is the lane that we're talking about, which is the leader. You know, it's team facing communication. So leadership, uh, manager to leader, manager to team, team to team, all that. And then our third one is the one you and I've worked in some, which is audience facing. So train the speaker kind of. But regardless of the lane, LionSpeak is known for not teaching scripting. So I don't want Christy to sound like Charles And I don't want Charles to sound like Catherine. And I want Christy to sound like the best version of Christy. And the same is true for leaders. And so we teach frameworks. So you learned a framework, the bookshelf framework for speaking. The second step of the two-step process is a four-part conversation framework. So it's a simple little framework where you can actually have the conversation with your team and it will guide you. But we think within the framework, you should be who you are. If you're funny, you should be funny. If you're sweet and kind and gracious, you should be that. We teasingly say, if you're direct, you should just be careful. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but within the framework, you get to be who you are, and I think you should be who you are because, again, the human being has a radar for authenticity. And so, the reason I start with that first is I often say I could give Chrissy, I could give you that framework today. But if you used our four-step framework and used it from a weak emotional state of mind or like a pessimistic viewpoint, you know, if internally you aren't feeling strong and confident, the framework will not help you. The framework will fail. The conversation will fail. So if a doctor who has just purchased a practice stands up before a team, even if we gave them the framework. It will not land because humans can read through it. They can read through to how you really feel. Do you feel optimistic? Do you feel confident? Are you certain about the things you need to be certain about? And there's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. There's a difference between being direct and clear and demanding. You know, there's a difference between being empathetic and overly sensitive. (laughs) So the first thing I would recommend is either do it yourself or get some coaching on getting you your internal position. One of our steps in that in in coaching people is getting them in something we call the flow. And the flow is a metaphor for a stable, strong, competent state internal emotional state. So in the flow we say that's you know you know you're in the flow when you feel good, when you have positive emotion. You feel excited, you feel creative, you feel confident, you feel fulfilled, you're you know you're optimistic. Any of those also generous and open and all those positive emotions, well then you're in the flow. You're in a strong state of mind. But if you step out of the flow and onto the muddy banks, you'll feel the opposite. That's, that represents and is a metaphor for a more negatively based or a weaker emotional platform. So that's where we're, we have some fear. We have some caution or worry, a little pessimism. So imagine, Christy, and I am going to walk you through the framework and walk your clients through the framework here today. But if you use that framework and internally you were afraid the team wouldn't respond well, Or internally, you had already envisioned this not going well. Or one person Mm -hmm. sabotaging and derailing your meeting. If you're speaking from that internal, and you don't believe that it will go well, and even if it went off course, you would have the ability to handle it. If you don't speak from there, you can imagine that conversation is going to go differently than if you first recognized, If if you had the ability to recognize, I'm in the mud. I'm not in the flow. Let me first get in the flow. Let me first step onto this platform, then I'll speak. So the first thing is to right the ship internally. And sometimes that just requires a little coaching and giving you some tools to be able to A, recognize it and B, shift it. But assuming that you either already are or you have the ability to shift onto this very stable, positive, confident platform then there are some real easy things you can do. And I would say it very much follows, not maybe exactly, but it very closely follows our framework that we teach all the time, which we call ARCH. And um, it's an acronym. Yeah, it's an acronym. And so the A in ARCH stands for a couple of things. It stands basically for affirming and finding a place of agreement. So to a team, that might sound like, you know, first, I just want to acknowledge that this is a big change. This is a big mm-hmm. decision. This is a big shift. I want to tell you this would, you don't have to use the words affirm, but I would say, in an effort to affirm, I might say something like I want to start out by saying how amazing you have all been through this. This is a time of great change and, and new beginnings, but also some endings and i've been astounded by how you all have hung in there whatever's true right here you got to it's got to be true people will read through you're blowing smoke up their skirts you know um so i wouldn't say anything you didn't really believe so find the things you believe there's always got to be somebody even if you say this has been really tough and you've stuck it out and i just want to honor that right so somehow you affirm something good The next part of A stands for find some place of agreement. So where could you and the team agree? Even if you have big places of disagreement or they have big concerns, one place you could probably agree is that if you could find a way to work together, to create a place that they love to work, that represented the values they hold true, that they had confidence in the new leader, they felt good about the transition that that would be good for patients, it would be good for you as the doctor, it'd be good for the practice, and it would be good for them. So I would say, does anybody not agree with that? Does everybody agree that if we could find that, if we could create that, that would be a win-win for everyone? Now, any reasonable person on that team is gonna shake their head yes. So now as you step <laughs> I, I, into I, I, the right, now as you step into this this announcement of how it's gonna go you're starting out from a place where people have agreed. So finding some place of agreement is a great place to launch the conversation from and from affirmation.
0: Yeah. And I always say, I always tell people that I feel like the staff is always concerned about how is this going to impact me? Like, how is this going to change my world and the, the environment i love and the people that I love working with? And like, what does that look like? So that would, I assume, kind of quell that, Fear that they would have.
1: I mean, not, you know, you still haven't really announced your plan, or you know, any of that. So, so I think the next step, the the next piece of arch hits that directly. So, it the R in arch stands for where you're going to find the resolution, where you're going to reveal what they have an invitation to. And these are crucial concepts. Nobody has to do anything. Not one of those people has to stay on. Nor do you have to keep any one of them, right, as the new owner. So if you just say, I have great respect for the fact that my job is to lay out my plans for the future of this practice, my vision, my values, my strategic plan, and your job is to poke holes in it, ask questions about it, get clarity about it, so that you can decide if it's a good fit still for your personal vision for your life. And I want you to know from the get-go that I have great respect for the fact that that is your choice. And whatever choice you make, I will respect it. I want all of you to stay and I'm going to create a new vision and a new future for the practice. Now, if it's not that different, if if the way the practice has been running and is the values that have been embedded in there and the vision that's in place, if that is perfect for you, then you can say my vision is that not much is going to change. My vision is that I'm going to work really hard to keep it on the exact same forward path it's been on. But if that's not true, I think now is the time to step out, be confident, and be truthful to say, my vision is slightly different. I'm excited about it. I'm feeling very confident about it. And I want to invite every one of you to be a part of it. There will be some things that will stay the same and some things that will be different. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm looking to rally a team around me that is as excited about creating it as I am. And so my job today is just to make it clear what I intend to create and what I intend to be about and deliver to patients in this community. And the invitation is for each of you to join me if it's a good fit. And if it's not, then I'll respect it. We'll work together to help you transition in a way that feels good, that we can both feel good about. And so then you do that. You come prepared. And again, part of what we do at Lionspeak is we help owners in advance of this conversation to practice this presentation so that it's Positive. It's clear. It's not muddied. It doesn't wander and meander. It goes straight to the point. It presents a very inspiring but clear picture. Our job, Christy, as leaders, is whether you're an employee or an owner or a manager, our job is to communicate and accomplish two things. In every whether it's the team meeting like this or we're sitting down one-on-one with a an employee, our job is to create clarity about our message so nobody leaves confused and to create inspiration about that message, right? If we could do both of it, if we do do that with our kids, if we could do it with our patients, imagine a patient doesn't leave a treatment presentation confused and they're inspired to take a step. Every communication we do, those are the two things we're after. So in this meeting, this crew, you don't get to have a second chance at this meeting, at least the, not a, not a second chance for the first time. Do you know what I mean? Like that first introduction, I mean, we call these vision calibration meetings or vision calibration retreats. We like to see it as a retreat. And so it's about calibrating the team to the vision and the values. And embedded in that idea is that it's an invitation and it's about coming together if there's alignment and discovering if there's disalignment and not having any judgment about it. No judgment that it's all okay. The only thing that's not okay is to say that you're in alignment when you're not. That's where we get friction. But at Speak, we believe strongly that every single business, especially small business, should have a vision calibration retreat every year, every single year for their team. And the people who have to step up at the beginning, at least of that meeting, are the owners or the owner and reclaim, you know, my vision post-COVID for LionSpeak Has shifted slightly because we learned some things through COVID we didn't know. So I did a retreat with my team in January of 2020. But in March, our whole world and marketplace shifted. And so now when I do my vision retreat with my team, we're doing it in February, when I do my retreat, it's important that the pieces of my vision that have shifted, that my team knows what those are. I cannot assume that they're just picking that up along the way. So we have one every year and we have clients that bring us back year after year after year to help facilitate Uh, We can't deliver the owner's vision. We have to help the owner do that. But we can facilitate that retreat and help with the agenda management and the, you know, help with those conversations so that they go well. But we have them every year. When you're a new owner, this is just your first one. But you don't have a second chance to make that first impression with your team about the kind of leader you'll be. And you won't do it perfect. I teasingly say, I think that vulnerability and candidness and that sort of opening the kimono we say you know, and letting people um, into the see all the you know the ugly parts that that's sexy in a leader. It's really sexy because it's not weak to say, as a matter of fact, quite strong, I think, to say, I don't have this all figured out, but what I do have figured out is what I'm dreaming of creating, what I hope to create right I'm clear about, about that today yeah. yeah today. So as I know it today, here's where I want to head. Here's what it looks like in three to five years in my dreams. And this is how I want us to behave with one another along the way. So here are my values. Here's what's important to me. You know, honesty, integrity, open communication, support, growth, whatever, whatever the words are, you've got, it's got to, again, it's got to be true and come from you. But if you say to the team, this is the culture I want. These are, so the, so here are the values that frame that. And here is what the future looks like to me today. My promise is that every year we're going to come together and I'm going to let you know if that's shifting or changing or, because it will, you may decide to add a location or, you know, to bring on new treatment modalities or to rebrand. and Yeah, Yeah. And so Let's hope you're morphing and shifting at a pretty rapid pace because the marketplace is surely changing rapidly. And so our job as a leader is to keep reminding the team of what the bullseye looks like over and over. You can't just do it once. And I'm not talking, Christy, about a vision that is going on a frame in the wall on the wall. That's a marketing effort. and I think there's value in that. There's value in letting your patients in your marketplace know what you stand for and you know what your business is about. But I'm talking about an internal conversation, a more colleague to colleague. If you continue to come to work here, if you accept the invitation into our effort, we want you. And here's what you're signing up for, because here's where we're going.
0: Yeah, well... And I think it's very much like the there's a saying that's like intend as you want to start as you intend to continue. I don't know exactly what the terminology is, but I think that's what it is. Right. And I think these first meetings, if you co about it trying to be something else or you know, they're going to see right through that. And these are the people that you need to be loyal to you and you need to kind of, and you want them to be in that same vision. So I think some people, some buyers are scared that, you know, people are going to quit if they don't like them or they don't want to, you know, see, have the same vision. And I know that makes things so infinitely more complicated initially, but it is almost one of those things where it might actually be beneficial to have that happen early on versus the struggles and communications. If, if, if you intend to be one way let's just start that way and make sure we all know that we're on the same page and be honest and transparent with each other.
1: That's it. Because you nailed it. I mean, the first thing is most people are nervous about the uncertainty of it. So they've imagined things that would shock you. And so if you clarify Generally, the majority, this is generally speaking, but it's good news that the majority of these conversations go better than owners think they're going to go. Because just clarifying, answering their questions, helping them to see how excited and enthusiastic and confident you are about the future and how clear you are about it at this point, gives them faith and hope and and they usually jump on board. Those that hear it, ask their questions and don't like the answers and it's not a good fit. The best thing that could happen for a new owner is, is to have a speed record set for gathering (laughs) a team around you that the whole team is is as excited about the future as you are. So the sooner you get those disalignments out in the open, and remember, they may not, but you will treat it with respect. You will know they are going to be fine whether they work for you or someone else. You're going to know that for them even if they don't. Because the worst sentence we could give to another human being is for them to continue to work every single day in a place they don't like and for someone they don't resonate with. And so I don't want my people to do that. I only want them to be here because it's a good fit for them and it's a good fit for me. And I do not want to work with people that I have any doubt about that. And so I actually get to get the most creative ideas. I get really, really valuable feedback, sometimes hard to hear feedback, but I get valuable feedback that I trust because I have a team of aligned, we're aligned on values and we're aligned on vision and culture. And so when you get that, it will skyrocket your success. It will be the stability during times like COVID because another time is coming. COVID will be over. You know this already, Christy. Then we're going to deal with the economy. Then we'll be in another presidential election and then there'll be something else. It, this is, I, I'm 61 years old this year and I've been in business for myself my almost my entire adult life. And I have seen recessions. I have seen tragedies we saw not you know i'm a speaker 9 11 everybody same thing no flying no all the conventions were canceled all the so i've been here before and i know that i weather it because of the team and they helped me weather it because i was clear enough and we had good, a strong alignment and they joined on with open eyes, with open eyes. So if you're not afraid of talking clearly and honestly about alignment without, you don't have to be threatening. You just say, I'm inviting you into this. Let me just be clear what this is. And then I want you to know, I respect you have a choice. Yeah, if you come in here, there's gonna be expectations. We're gonna, if you just, if you raise your hand And you say, I'm in. I love this. I love this vision. Even if you raise your hand and you say, I think I do. I'm not exactly sure, but I think I do. Then I say, okay, then come on in and uh, let's go. And I'm going to meet with each of you individually and we'll figure out what skills, you know, what things do we need to shore up so that you can be sure. And that's where, you know, that's another system. But yeah. So does that give you an idea? I mean, I think that meeting is crucial. Oh,
0: 100% is so critical. And I think a lot of people get concerned because their staff is so loyal to the seller that they're just concerned that they're going to be the outsider, right? And I think there's a facet of truth to that. I think you have to come in and humanize yourself. But then I also always tell our clients, like, that's amazing that they're so loyal, right? Like, you want that. You want them to be loyal. They've worked for. 30 plus years with, you know, seller. um, And they just need time to get to know you and they need to know you're not like the big bad wolf that's coming in to change their world and that you respect them and value them. And like you said, affirm them. So I love that. And I think that that goes, I had another question, but I feel like we've covered it as far as like how you deal with like that sticky person, right? Maybe it's the financial coordinator or it's the, how they do case presentations that you don't like. And from what I'm hearing from you, really it is going in and saying, here is what I want to create and here is how I kind of want to go about doing that and this is why and just kind of getting them to get on board with you because then that probably makes those changes easier to manage if they are in your world and they've come on board with your plan.
1: Well, I think the vision calibration retreat And that conversation, that owner to team conversation is setting the foundation. Here's an interesting story. So prior to COVID, we did in-person workshops called Leaders of the Pride. And one of the requirements, if you came as an owner, we sent a vision kit, I'll call it, to them ahead of time. And one of the pieces of pre-work was to go through the kit, make some notes, bullet point down your thoughts and come to the course with that. If you were coming as a manager or employee with your owner, then you didn't have to do anything. But if you were coming as a manager or an employee without your owner, you had to deliver this vision kit to your owner and somehow get your owner to fill it out or at least interview your owner about it so that you would come with a clear picture of their vision and values. Because what we're getting ready to teach in that two-day workshop is how to sit down one-on-one or either with one person or with a department and have a courageous conversation with underperforming people or with people who are a little out of alignment with where we're going, or they're not keeping up to speed with where we're going, you know, any of any number of things uh, that a manager would have to talk to. But I, I say to them, if you try to have this in isolation, you are just the mean manager. But if you have this conversation as an extension of the owner's vision and values, you're able, maybe not in these words, but you're able to come from a place that says, this is not my decision, nor yours. And even if I'm a coach in there, it's not even my, I I say all the time in meetings to teams we coach, this is not my decision. My job is to help facilitate alignment between where you are and where the owner's going. So when a manager speaks from that platform or a team lead speaks from that platform, it takes the personal part out of it. And it says there's one thing, we call them non-negotiables. There's only a few non-negotiables. And one non-negotiable is where this business is going. That is nobody's to choose or to write or to proclaim except for the owners. It's not the associates. It's not the manager. It's not the employees. It's the owner's. And so we get to say, this is the one thing you and I don't get to decide. But if we work here, what we're saying is we understand it and we align with it. And so these behaviors or these outcomes aren't in alignment. And so let's talk about, number one, are you clear what the alignment needs to be? Number two, do you want to get into alignment? And number three, how can we shore up that gap? It just takes it out of the personal. You can see where you got to have First one, you got to have the meeting where you set the... So let's say one of the values that you set out is growth. I want to create a culture where growth is the norm and it is the ongoing expectation for me and everyone who works here. I'm speaking as an owner. So if I say to my team, it's an important value for me, then that means that anybody who stops us in the hallway, if we had a visitor come to the practice, if Christy comes to the practice and she stops one of us and says... I'm just curious, what is your growth trajectory right now in the practice? And what's the one thing you're working on right now to grow in terms of your skills? I want to know without a doubt that every single person on my team could answer that without hesitation. And so the minute that we master that thing, I want the question to be, what what am I working on next? What do I want to work on next? What do I need to work on next, including me? I'm going to be working on becoming the best the best clinician, you know, the best business owner that I can possibly be. So there'll always be something that I'm working on. And so those growth conferences then take the place of quote unquote employee reviews out of the old school supervision model. And it really launches us or propels us into the new school coaching model where I'm meeting with my people quarterly to say, how is it going with that thing you're working on? And we all know what it is. And I get reports and I know where they are in that. And then once they've conquered it and it's now their norm, we move on. What's next? What's the next thing to propel your career here and, and all of that? So so you establish that at the first meeting, but then you have these, when you have that one person, that financial coordinator or hygienist or whatever, whoever it is, that is not in alignment Three months down the road. Now we have a conversation to harken back to. Do you remember when we first met? So I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about the alignment with us on that value or on that expectation. Uh, And now we have this thing to tie it back to. But you can't have the expectation when you never made it clear.
0: So, okay, I'm going to shift outside of the practice, right? So that's internal leadership. How do we deal and how do we move with uh, another common question I get from, and I'm going to read it because I I get it so often. How should I tell the staff to handle patients when scheduling that seem hesitant to schedule with me versus the seller. The seller is only going to be there a very short time, which is super common in our transitions. And the staff is the person who's making that first impression and letting that those patients know that, you know, Dr. Smith is no longer going to be there. It is now Dr. Ratcliffe. What's your advice for that situation?
1: I love this conversation and you have to give your team training on this or they will not do it well, especially if you haven't had a vision calibration retreat and they will just wing it. What else can they do? And they won't do it well. So highly encouraged to to get some coaching so that you can coach. But one of the things we do first is create a bio and you may advise this, Christy, already, but to create a short little postcard or one sheet, very short, concise, but upbeat A bio about the new owner and or new associate, it would work the same uh, with a color photo of that's professionally oriented and one that is personally oriented so that it humanizes them. And so you've got that as sort of a little handout when you begin to introduce this person. It's helpful. Uh, So that's one thing. Second is before you ever have them have this conversation, identify the benefits. This is especially important when you're adding an associate. What are the benefits? So the most recent examples we helped them identify was that they could see patients sooner. One of the reasons they were adding the associate, the current doctor was booked out. So one of the reasons that we've been searching for someone and that we're excited about Dr. Yang is because now we can see our patients and they can receive their treatment sooner. And Dr. Yang, the second benefit was, is an expert in several different types of treatments. So in her case, she loved Indo, and they had been referring Indo out. So this was a huge benefit because they were going to be able to keep their patients in practice and they wouldn't have to go. Another is that the senior doctor would be able to practice longer because they would only be working on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They were thinking about retiring altogether. But now because of this excellent and expert associate that we were able to invite into the practice, he will be able to practice much longer. Those benefits won't be the same for everyone, but you get the idea. We're asking ourselves, what can we identify so we can use it in our talking points? So identify what the benefits are and then make sure that the either selling doctor or owner doctor, if it's an associate, to the degree that they can, can introduce this new doctor and that it wasn't just because you were looking for someone to take your place but that we looked long and hard. We knew that we wanted to expand the services, to transition the practice, to create more appointment availability. But you probably know, patient Jane, by now, how important my patient's care is to me and to us. And so you can imagine the search. We had to look long and hard to find someone of this caliber. And I'm so excited to finally announce that we have. I don't know how we got so lucky, but we did. And in the case we just coached, that doctor had been a naval officer, loved Indo, and several I was really, really good at bonded composite fillings. And so the doctor would say, I'm diagnosing this for you. And I do want you to get these fillings done. I want you to have them done by Dr. Yang. She is she has exceptional expertise at exactly these types of fillings. And I really and I I know she has availability next week, and I really want you to schedule these with her. When the owner doctor or managing doctor says something like that and actually prescribes that to be done by that doctor because of the level of their expertise, we find that patients go almost seamlessly, almost seamlessly. And same with the hygienist. A hygienist or assistant could say the same thing. This doctor has this expertise. She's exceptionally good at this specific type of treatment. And I'm recommending that you schedule specifically with her.
0: And it's almost like it harkens back to what you said on the leadership piece too, which is like, you have to be certain, like your staff has to be certain and confident and calm and concise. It's not like a, well, maybe, I mean, I've heard she's good. It's very much like a, this is what you're doing and this is why, and we love her, right? Or, or him or whomever.
1: That's right. And why? The why behind it? Why do you love them? Why are they great? Find something. They, they were top of their student class. They have some honors. They have some special training. What can we say? Even if they're new, if they're a brand new dentist out of school, find the benefit. Politicians do this all the time, Christy. They spin things, Mm -hmm. you know, so find it, right? I'm not saying lie, but I am saying find something you can hook on this. So I might say I specifically wanted someone who had recent training in the most up-to-date procedures and technology. And that's why I opted to not get another old dog like me, but you know, use some humor, right? If that flies with your personality, you know, have some fun with this to say, you know, I don't want another old guard like me. I wanted a dentist who had recent experience with the most latest technologies and techniques. And I cannot tell you how brilliant this young doctor is, brilliant. When someone on the team says that, it's not up to the patients to sell themselves on the associate. It's up to us to sell them on the associate or the new doctor. And again, you're right. We have to believe it. But let's make sure our team has some practice in this. And, you know, let's just call the truth out. That is sometimes we resist this because we're pretty sure this patient's going to object. And we might be wrong. We know our patients really well. And so we sometimes hold back, especially with patients that we anticipate will have a resistance to this. So when we train on this, we practice it first with the patients we think will immediately follow us. So we do. And when we get really comfortable with the easy ones, then we layer on real life and real life is some patients are going to push back. And so we practice that, how would we stay where we want to be, even with the pushback? And if you can get comfortable with that, then you have very little resistance on your team. So some of the things we train in that resistance is to say, is to use that age old feel, felt, found. It, It works to say, I totally understand how you feel. We've had several patients that have had similar concerns. Here's what we found. Once they get to know and experience, Dr. Yang... I think we're giving Dr. Smith a complex because they love her and they don't want, they want to stay with her. And so again, they're using humor. And so there are some ways you can train your team to lighten up about this, have some fun, get in there and be enthusiastic. But that's what it takes. It takes knowing the benefits, knowing what's special, what can I hang my hat on to make patients don't care about what's good for us. They care about why would this change be good for me? And if we don't make that very clear, in a, we only have a short amount of time. It, again, we're trying to create clarity. Why is this good for you? And why do we feel good about it? And how do we make it inspirational so that they hear our enthusiasm, they hear our passion, they hear our certainty about it. And when you get that mix, there'll be very few that won't follow. You know, Christy, I read once, not about dentistry, but just about consumers and how they make buying choices. Uh, The article said that whatever this body of research was, that they had found that three out of four people making a consumer decision, a purchasing decision, three out of four people will go where you lead them if you lead them. And one out of four will be assertive enough to tell you exactly the way they want it. So if you apply that to this scenario, that means three out of four people that you present this option of this new doctor to will go where you lead them if you lead them. (laughs) They'll just go. And one out of four, so 25%, a much smaller percentage than it feels like it will be. It doesn't feel like it's going to be the minority, but it is. And the minority will say, well, that's all fine and good, but I just want to stay with Dr. Smith. Okay, They're going to be that one out of four that says, no, no, that's not what I want. And that's not what I'm going to do. So what have we lost? We have lost nothing or very little. And we have gained 75% of our patient base that comes along on the first step, but they have to be lit.
0: Yeah. And it could be that some of that 25% would have already gone to Dr. Yang and it would have been fine. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean they all say no either, which is what I believe most people think like 90% of people are going to not want to go to me, which That's is right. never That's true. Not, what we see. not true. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you, One last final question before we run out of time. If a lot of our people listen while they're running on the treadmill or commuting, so this is going to be a longer run for them. I'm I'm, I'm being part of their uh, health routine here. What is one piece of advice you would give a new owner or someone who's looking to own and kind of, it's going to be their first experience owning a business and probably managing people and having a team. I mean, I think that Most of our clients are comfortable with their clinical skill. They know they can do the dentistry. It's all of this other stuff that is scary to them. What is one piece of advice you would give them?
1: Yeah, get a good coach. I have a business coach. I have a speaking coach. It's not my first one. Probably won't be my last one. Find a coach that you resonate with. Find someone who can help make the complex seem simple that can help you navigate all the decisions that you have to make and it's very easy to become overwhelmed as a new business owner it's just a lot to think about so my coach doesn't make my decisions but helps me prioritize them helps me prioritize what should i be deciding today what should i be deciding this week this quarter where do i need to put my focus because you can't focus on everything so when you can have a good coach i think that's that's probably the best. And and it doesn't have to be your forever coach, but get someone who can help you navigate those business decisions. And I believe the very first thing is where are you? Where are you going? And how do you create a culture and a team that will help you get there? And if you can get that going first, then you can start to execute on your strategic plan because you'll have a team around you that'll help you with that. And, you know, a good team around you that's as excited as you are They're going to have creative ideas. They're going to bring innovation and support and encouragement just when you need it. And you'll still be driving the bus. So that's the thing I would leave with new owners is don't give up that power to an office manager because they seem older and wiser and they've been in the practice longer. You have to maintain control of that from day one. And then you have to create such an inspirational piece that they want to come join you but on your vision, not theirs.
0: On theirs. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think a team is worth their weight in gold and you cannot do everything. And so you got to surround yourself with people who believe in your vision and can help you execute your vision.
1: And that's awesome. They, they tell me all the time, what does he want? <laughs> what, does, what does she want? We don't know what she wants. And it's like, we're afraid to say, this is what I want. I've had a lot of owners say, but I don't know if it can happen. And I say, don't get down in the weeds. I mean we call them the cursed hows. Well, I, I'd like that, but I don't know how I could do that in this environment. I don't know how I could do that with insurance. I don't know how I, I don't know how I'd find somebody like that, you know I don't know. and I just say those are the cursed hows. Stay up in the clouds in the dream for this work. I say tell yourself if I could figure it out, if I could find that person, What would they be if I could have a business that I only work Tuesday through Friday, seven to three, if I could figure out how to do that and make the money I need to make, what do I love? People say, "I don't know what my vision is," and I say, "Yes, you do, because if you know what you like and what you don't like, you know what you want more of and what you want less of."
0: Yep, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: We so just you get know stuck. What your vision is? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. We overcomplicate it. We overcomplicate it. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. so right. so fun, so fun to So
0: fun. I'm <laughs> to such a good time, and I just want to tell our listeners so you have, you, and you hearkened back to it in your um, when you were talking, but you have like four main areas you focus on. So if you're listening today and you are struggling, whether you own a practice and you have your front desk has troubles with phone skills or you need some of this leadership inspiration or maybe you're trying to get on the speaking circuit. I mean, there's a million ways that this master communicator, Miss Catherine, can help you. And I have been so lucky to work with her Her website is www.lionspeak.net. And I'll put that on the little summary for our podcast episode. And she really does wonders in letting you figure out what in the heck you want to say and how you want to say it in a way that is a formula. I mean, I know my bookshelf for my speeches, so I, I can attest to the success, but she's got some great resources.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We don't much like scripts. You know, we don't like scripts. We like frameworks. We want yes. you to be who you yes. are. Yes, and that's, yeah. I feel like
0: so much more successful. So thank you for joining us today on Transition Talk. I am so lucky to have welcomed welcome. you and I hope you have a Merry Christmas um, <laughs> and good time. And then everyone thank who's listening you. today, go check out her website. There's forms. Her team is amazing. And the, her coaching sessions will figure out what you need and, and help you get to more in the coulds instead of the cursed howls Uh, (laughs) leave it at that (laughs) that's
1: it that's right that's right hey christy i'll let you know too and let your viewers know we got a couple of workshops coming up uh really quickly that they may want to check out on the website we have a courageous conversations workshop january 12th through the 14th it's 4.99 but the early bird's 3.99 so if you can grab that quickly that's great we also have a video product coming on that And then we also have a Have Them at Hello, which is a telephone skills workshop, uh, February 16th and 17th. And then lastly, a virtual calibration retreats, we're still doing those virtually until COVID is over. And we may still continue those even after the pandemic is behind us. So let us know if we can help you with any of those things. Or if you're interested in the workshops, you'll see it on the website. But I strongly encourage that as an introduction into what we do.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Those are great resources. And I am confident someone who is listening needs this. So I will put those links on our site. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. Courageous Conversations, hard communication, everything at Lionspeak. The Lioness Principle. Thank you so much for joining us, Catherine. Thank you.